0: Hi, I'm Carly Staper, I'm the founding partner at Amboy Street Ventures, and FemTech to me is the innovation that serves the women's health and sexual health needs of our progressive society.
1: Welcome to FemTech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus Podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barato, and in today's episode, I interview Carly Sapir, founding partner of Amboy Street Ventures. She is also the founder of the Female Founded Club, a global platform that introduces venture capitalist investors to high-quality female-founded startups. Carly has an affinity for startups in the sexual health and women's health tech space due to personal health experiences. While running the female-founded club, she recognized that there was a lack of venture capital flowing to the women's health market, and that was stunting the growth of these femtech startups. Carly founded Amboy Street Ventures in order to initiate a shift in the funding landscape. Amboy Street Ventures is a venture capital fund investing in seed and Series A rounds of sexual health and women's health technology startups that are progressing in the industry in America and Europe. Their value add beyond capital includes its direct partnership with the Healthy Pleasure Group, an ecosystem dedicated to solving the problems that startups face in the sexual health and women's health tech space. Carly and I had a super fun interview that you're going to love. Enjoy! Hey Carly, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks so much, Brittany. Thank you for having me here.
1: Yes, this has been a long time coming.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm really excited to get on the podcast. I've heard so many great founders and people in the industry speak with you. So excited to be part of it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, if you recall, we got introduced over a year ago because I was talking to somebody about Femtech and wanting to be a VC in Femtech. And they said, do you know Carly? And I said, don't know Carly. So we had a call and um, uh, and I was just really impressed by your you know, dedication to raising a fund to invest in Femtech. What was your experience like hearing me? Because I was still I was still working at Adventure yeah. myself. What what was that experience like for you?
0: Yeah, so um, you know, you get back then, I was saying so many introductions, but I remember speaking with you. And you were saying, um, you're going to create a community focused on femtech. And I remember you saying, like, watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a huge community. And, um, you know, time passed. I just saw you start growing this awesome community. And here we are today, where you really did it. So in the past year, (laughs) congratulations on what you created. That's amazing. And I'll never forget that conversation. So cool that you've created so much since then.
1: Thank you so much, Carly. It is really cool to like hit milestones. Like that's, Founders, that's what investors are actually looking for. Like you say you're going to do something. That's why relationship building long term with investors is so important because like a year ago I was nothing, but I said, What, you know, this is what my plan is. And like, if I was a startup, Carly may be interested in investing because she's like, this lady does what she says, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. You yeah. killed it. You're killing it.
1: I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, this
0: community is so needed in this space. So I feel like there really wasn't one central hub for everyone to come together and and uh you've really like outdone yourself. It's awesome to see what you've done.
1: Well, uh, you know, honestly, it's just I'm just some lady with pink hair who likes to talk about <laughs> and uh, the community <laughs> obviously wanted it. So I'm I'm so honored to be that. To, you know, kind of spearhead it, um, shepherd it, if you will. But you also have had this really interesting journey of last year, you were going to do femtech investing. And now you have this amazing partnership with Healthy Pleasure Group, and you're going to do more sex tech. So I'm really excited to get into that story and that journey of pivoting. Um, I don't think people often see investors pivot, but everyone's pivoting, <laughs> everybody, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So let's kick it off though with your background. Tell us where you're from, what did you study, did you have a career before this, um, and how did you end up here?
0: Yeah, sure, so I'm from Long Valley, New Jersey, uh, a little over an hour outside of New York City, um, and went to school in Virginia, University of Virginia, and studied engineering. Um, so I graduated EVA, moved to New York City, and was an environmental engineer. For like about two years, Before moving into finance, I was in Manhattan. All my friends were in finance. So I moved into a financial advisory role, advising private equity funds on deals in the renewable energy and infrastructure space. Um, And then moved to a private equity fund all in Manhattan. So I was on the deal team working on renewable energy deals and infrastructure deals. Um, And then eventually, by the way, I was one of the only women in my fund North America. So joined a lot of women investor groups. Yeah. Um, I was getting sick of Manhattan and my fund had an office in LA. So I moved to Los Angeles with my private equity fund. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was in LA, all my friends were founders and raising venture capital. Um, and so this is kind of long-winded, but no, I started no, connecting. We love, we love all the <laughs>
1: long-windedness of it.
0: Okay, good. So I started um, connecting founders um, in LA with my investor network in New York City um, Mm -hmm. and realized I could do it at scale um, if I started an automated kind of platform. So I started the Female Founded Club, um, which is a sourcing platform for investors to find female-founded startups. And today, we're helping over six hundred female founders raise capital, which is awesome. We've we've made hundreds and hundreds of introductions through the platform. We do a number of things, like uh, weekly newsletters to investors with new founders that are raising capital. We do weekly pitch sessions. Um, We have a database online of all the founders raising capital. Anyway, through that, I saw a lot of femtech companies that I thought
1: don't move on yet. Let's just all pause <laughs> and like everyone listening, just like give a big gratitude energy shot over to Carly. <laughs> the world needed that. Wow. The world, the world still needs that.
0: Yeah, um, it's still it's working still
1: Active today, right?
0: Still active today. It's free for founders, free for investors. Investors is just free deal flow and founders is just free exposure. So,
1: so founder, female it. founder could go on, is it female founded fun.com?
0: female founded club.com
1: club club. I got the fund on the mind, (laughs) FemaleFoundedClub.com and they can just go there and post their deal. Right. And if you're an investor, you can like subscribe or something to it.
0: That's exactly right. Um, there is an application process. Um, but really if there's a website, um, we ask that you upload your pitch deck and then it only gets exposed exposure to investors. So no, their founder will be looking at your pitch deck.
1: So freaking cool, Carly. Okay. So you start this thing <laughs> and you're seeing femtech deals, right? Did you even yeah. know what femtech was at the time?
0: No, I started to see them. And uh, on a personal note, I have a women's health issue that was, you know, I went to so many doctors for and didn't get any answers from doctors for over six years, spent so much money and time trying to figure out my own health issues and found it out through like a deep dive Google search, like a three hour Google search. And so when I was seeing founders resonate with that story or have their own stories that I resonated with, um, I was just drawn to this space. And so um, I was always trying to help these FemTech founders raise capital and they're the ones I struggled with the most helping them raise funding. Out of all the female founders. Out of all the female founders, this area. It was like the subject matter was like already a non-starter. Who cares what the founder's background is and, and et cetera. Um, and I thought there needs to be capital dedicated to the space. Like it's a missed opportunity. The market needs it. Who cares if the VCs don't get it? Let's just start a fund and bring capital there. Love, and so, yeah, exactly. So that's how, um, that's how Amboy Street Ventures was started. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. So
1: <laughs> cool. So uh, give us a little bit of a timeline. When did you decide, like, I need to start my own fund?
0: So I think I, just, I decided, you know, I knew I wanted to go off and do something like this, um, but I was waiting for, uh, I don't know if I should say this, but I was waiting for my bonus and my last job, which came at the end of March. And then uh, COVID happened the end of February, so I was like, oh shoot, do I, should I leave my job because we're in the middle of a pandemic, it's not a great time to raise capital for a fund, um, so I think I stayed a, stayed on for a couple more months, just trying to see how things were going with the pandemic, what was happening with the stock market, um, and really, I think, started to reach out to people and um, form the idea in around May of 2020. Yep. Um, but the real, everything really came together when I met the healthy pleasure group. And I know you asked about that partnership. I'm happy to go into it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and when you tell us about it, can you tell us what was it like before you met them? Cause I think that, you know, I'm interested. We have a lot of listeners interested. I think a lot of founders don't even realize VCs fundraise, right? So founder, yeah. we fundraise too. It's hard. Okay. Struggle mm-hmm. is real on both ends. Um, but what was it like fundraising for Femtech investment and fundraising during a pandemic?
0: Yeah, so um, before meeting the Healthy Pleasure Group, it was a lot harder. Um, a lot, of, It's hard to raise as a sole GP, only having a one, one-man show. LPs worry what happens if, God forbid, you die or something mm-hmm. happens to you and you can't run the fund anymore. What happens to their investment and what everything you promised them? Um, but they also uh, there was also a worry that there wasn't a huge value add to the startups besides capital. Um, mm-hmm. A huge differentiator for a lot of VCs is they can provide other like connections or or some kind of help. Um, and so raising before meeting Healthy Pleasure Group was definitely harder. Now that we have Healthy Pleasure Group on board, first of all, I have two co GPs, so that's helpful because not only are they awesome, gets rid of the sole GP issue. Um, and I can go into their backgrounds because they really are uh, advantageous. But also we have the Healthy Pleasure Group to help the startups in our portfolio. Um, still fundraising, there's still challenges, Don't get me <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Uh, and we also shifted our focus from femtech to be sexual health for all genders and women's health. So it still is femtech plus men's sexual health. Yep.
1: Um,
0: and yeah, I think the, it definitely makes us unique with our, our thesis, but also causes pause for a lot of LPs.
1: So tell us more about the Healthy Pleasure Group. What, what is this group? You had this problem of being a sole GP, you solved it, you had a <laughs> problem with like LP saying, well, what else are you going to support founders with? Apparently Healthy Pleasure Group is like exactly what you needed. So w- what is that?
0: Yep. So Dominique Coretza is with the Healthy Pleasure Group. Um, and Faye, uh, Dr. Maria Godoy, and Delia, they are the managing directors of the Healthy Pleasure Group. Um, they have so many facets of the Healthy Pleasure Group, but all of the arms are dedicated to helping startups in the healthy pleasure space. Um, okay. So, the, I mean, I'm, they could do a much better job of, with an overview of their company, but they do have an agency that can help with BD, corporate strategy. They also have an innovation lab that can do prototyping and data analysis. And um, Dom, we call her our commercialization expert and she's a GP of the fund. And then um, Mafe, Dr. Maria Godoy, she leads the lab and she's also a GP of the fund. She brings the medical lens to our fund.
1: I love it. And so let's just clarify real quick. What do you mean by healthy pleasure? Is it all sex tech?
0: Dom says anything between the belly button and the uh, knees I think um, they look at they look at women's health as well um, so uh, they, they have a very uh, broad category within healthy pleasure.
1: Whoa, cool. that's so cool what do you think about like you know you originally were more just femtech in general and now you're still doing femtech but you're also doing sexual wellness for both genders do you feel um, like particularly passionate about investing in that space too? And if so, why?
0: Yeah, um, I think like more than women's health, sexual health has that stigma layer that makes other VCs not go there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we everyone knows, I think that's listening probably about the vice clause, but beyond the vice clause, if, um, seeing a really sexual health or even sex tech company in a portfolio can give... Um, fund managers, a little bit of, a, a little bit of what's the word, um, will make them feel a little uncomfortable when they're going to fundraise from their LPs again, or explaining it to their LPs. Uh, this is something we don't care about. We want them in our portfolio, and it's um, distinguishing for that reason, whereas women's health, really, a lot of generalist investors will look there and don't mind looking there.
1: Yeah. What is the vice clause? I've recently read about it, but tell our listeners what a vice clause is.
0: Yeah. So, Um, When you're going to raise a fund from these big institutional players, like potentially a pension fund, um, they'll have, they'll put a vice clause in your agreement that says, uh, here's our commitment, our capital, you can use it, invest it within your thesis, uh, but you can't invest in anything vice related, which is drugs, alcohol, gambling, um, sex, because sex is a vice. Sexual health should not be in that um, clause. And no. a lot of times it's, it's considered not in that clause, but sometimes it is considered in, and really a fund manager who has that vice clause with their biggest investor might not want to chance it and say like, "Is this sexual health company on the line. I don't know, but I don't yes. want to lose this major investor in my next fundraise. Cause you know, a fund manager usually raises a new fund every few years.
1: Yes. And so how are y'all going to find LPs? Are you going to do anti-vice clause people?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, our thesis pretty much um, rules out anyone who is concerned (laughs) about a vice clause off the bat. (laughs) Um, So we really have been focusing more on um, angel investors, family offices, corporates that can have a strategic advantage by investing in Mm -hmm. our fund. And then we are speaking with a few um, bigger institutions that you would think might have issues, but so far, so good. Uh, like I said, I, I think we've gotten the nose up front from the people who would be considering a bias clause.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, what are you most excited about in terms of opportunities that you're seeing in the femtech and sex tech space? Are you seeing things that you're like, your mind is kind of blown? Like, do you have a favorite startup right now or someone you spoke to recently that you're kind of excited about?
0: Um, well, we've already made two investments. Um, They're probably the ones I've been the most excited about so far. And we're we're in the process of being our third. So Dame Products was our first investment, which was an awesome one to kick off with. Uh, The reason why I started this fund um, is because we're trying to change the industry and how the industry sees femtech and sexual health. And um, Dame is doing an awesome job at it. You know, they tried to advertise the New York subway system and they are now suing the MTA because they can't get their advertisements there. And um, that's a huge, that's a huge thing for our industry. And so seeing them being trailblazers and coming out with new innovation all the time is really exciting. And the the second investment we're doing, we've done is GENEV, which is product line and telehealth for menopause. Um, You probably saw the female founders fund report that menopause is a $600 billion industry, which totally makes sense because menopausal women have the highest buying power and women spend 80% of the health spending money. And um, the fact that there's really not too much, so many solutions out there for menopausal women is insane. So a really great opportunity and Geneva's a leader in the space. So we're really excited to support Jill.
1: That's great because so, Genev is not necessarily sexual wellness, right? But maybe right, they,
0: yeah. have
1: a, I don't know, maybe they have a feature in their platform, but it's, that's not the main focus, right? It's like no, it's the health, health for menopause, right?
0: That's right. So um, my thesis has a, like women's health is definitely a big part of my thesis. Yeah.
1: yeah. And listeners, if you're interested in learning more about Genev, it was one of our, uh, I would say in the, first 30 episodes we've done we did an interview with um Genev. so check that out what is uh are you allowed to tell us about your upcoming investment or no is it
0: secret um i'm going to just out of respect for the founders keep it confidential but yeah. it should be <laughs> I, I don't want to step on anyone's toes but um well when we announce it we'll be sure to send it your way
1: perfect perfect maybe by the time this airs i can say it in the intro so yeah who knows, who knows? exactly um, Well, that is so amazing. And, you know, what does uh, the Healthy Pleasure Group, um, you know, so obviously they're providing like all these resources for the founders, right? Are you the one who's kind of bringing in the capital connection? Like, do you see that as like this beautiful marriage or?
0: Yeah, so we have two different teams within our fund. One is the investment team, and that's the team I lead. Um, And the other team is the value enhancement team. Um, the, and that's where the Healthy Pleasure Group sits. So while at my two co-GPs, Dom and Mafé, sit on the investment committee with me, and when we're ready to make an investment, we bring it to the investment committee and I get their insights, I'm really doing all the sourcing, the due diligence, the investment memorandums, etc., Whereas um, the value enhancement team, once we make an investment, they meet with the company and think, how can we add value? And that's where the Healthy Pleasure Group comes in and provides their resources.
1: Oh, cool. Is there a certain kind of um, tech product, something that you wish there was? Like something that uh, you can you can give me an opinion based on an investor or your own personal personal pleasure desire <laughs> that you wish there was?
0: I think, um, like you mean, as an idea for a startup that I wish existed.
1: Yeah, or like I it, think, like maybe it does, and I hope it comes across my head.
0: <laughs> so I think, like my, what I think is missing the the most from um, from the space is education. Um, like when I was going through my issues and couldn't find the answers, it, it would be so nice if there if there was just like a place I could go and know that I could um, rely on all the information. But it's a really hard business model to have education um, be venture scalable. And um, I haven't seen um, I haven't seen anything come across my desk that has a heavy focus on education, but somehow has a great business model behind it that we can see it becoming a billion or, you know, multi-billion dollar company. So waiting for that to, to come through. And if you know of any, let me know.
1: Yeah, no, I, we always ask a question and I'll ask you too, at the end of the interview, um, what is a femtech company that, you know, should exist or what else does femtech need? And so many people say sex ed, sex ed. And I usually bring up, yes. And whoever's working on that, God bless you because we don't know how to do the business model. And also sex ed is for like, you know, we need, we can't just sex ed, 30 year old women. We need a sex ed, Adolescents and teenagers when unplanned pregnancies happen, STDs happen, and there's shame and there's there's like all of this stuff happening, you know. But how do you sell sex ed to kids? <laughs> it's like right. there's so many political, government, religious age of consent. Like there's so many barriers to get there. So I'm like, I have no idea how that's gonna get solved, but I hope so.
0: Yeah,
1: I agree. Exactly. Um uh, what are like some of the things that you've noticed now as a, uh, you know, GP of a fund that invests in pleasure? Like when you are meeting with like other GPs, like, is it well-received? Is it, you know, and, and I'll, I'll give you a little bit of context for why I'm asking this. Uh, you know, me and Jess, uh, we are the GPs of Coyote Ventures. We're raising our fund right now. And, Um, we're in an accelerator called founder Institute VC lab, and there is nobody else there fundraising or for a femtech fund. And when we talk about it, we're like, yeah, we're the vagina ladies. Like we're here to talk about your uterus. And, um, you know, there's like a Canadian fund investing in software as a service. And like, someone's doing like space tech and someone's doing supply chain management. And like, we show up, we're like clitoris. Yeah, (laughs) that's (laughs) okay. And so uh, I have my own kind of little experience with that, but I would love to hear yours.
0: Um, so as far as with other GPs, I haven't gotten any uh, negative reactions. In fact, they're usually like, oh, I have deals that I can't, we can't do, but I'll send them your way. Or um, yeah, pretty much the general reaction. But I have gotten so comfortable speaking about this stuff that I forget like I'll be at a restaurant talking to catching up with my best friend talking to her about you know our latest investment in dame and like talk about vibrators very openly and forget that like I this is a what- People next to me are staring at me at the table next to me <laughs> because in, so, in society this isn't as well ex- accepted as it is my brain and as you know so other GP is not so much LPs I've seen get um, potential LPs I've been pitching to, can yeah. get a little uncomfortable but that's the point and when they do get uncomfortable you gotta remind them this is why it's such an opportunity and mm-hmm. this is why people aren't looking at here here in the space because most people with capital are not in the target demographic of what we're investing in and don't understand it and don't want to go there and so here we are doing it and and the um, financial return will show for itself
1: how big is the pleasure market
0: that's a great question so we have um something in our deck that says it's around 180 billion dollars for our whole thesis which is uh because you know pleasure women's health and sexual health we actually won't do strictly pleasure it has to have a health element
1: oh Um, that's that's good to know too okay
0: yes it has to have health but um we say it's around 170 billion but you know the report came out that menopause alone is 600 billion so what is market size (laughs) as long as when we're looking at startups and we talk about market size we need to be able to understand how they got to the number but i think it's always kind of made up and what do you think Well, I mean,
1: for us, we, I mean, I've been watching Frost and Sullivan quote 50 billion for a year now. And I'm like, it's not possible. (laughs) Came out with 600 billion. And I was like, I knew it wasn't possible. And so (laughs) we have a small army of amazing MBA interns and we've crunched the numbers we stayed up late and we did, we debated numbers. We, you know, we went down to like very very little minuscule decimals of does this really qualify does that not like we would try to be super strict about what did we call femtech and what was supposed to be added in there and we ended up with um 708 billion dollars today for femtech innovation in women's health and wellness and by 2025 uh one trillion so Mm That's what we've come up with. That's what I'm hoping to get into Forbes and like you know promote out there because that's that's what I we think it is. That's
0: um, awesome, and that sounds way better than uh, any forecast I've seen. So I'd yeah. love to see how you made that, you built that up, and we would love to see that in Forbes so everyone knows but those are the real numbers. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we're working on it. Maybe and maybe it'll be out by the time this episode comes. Maybe, that's but cool. the universe, come on, come on. <laughs> Just trying to find the right Forbes author to to get it done, but um. Uh, so I was gonna, so I asked you about the market size, but then I I also was gonna ask, do you know of other pl- um, pleasure groups investing, or, or investors? Like, have you met any other yeah. funds that are doing this?
0: Yeah. Um, so as far as women's health, Steel Sky Ventures, um, you know Vice Ventures will do pleasure, Joyance Partners. We actually co-invested with them at Dame, but they're always looking at um, pleasure companies. My friend Holly is, uh, the lead for sex tech. So we share deals. Um, who else? I know there's a, lot. uh, Thrive VC, Listen VC. They're both looking in this space. Um, so there are, there definitely are a good, a good group of others and, and Coyote Ventures. And Coyote <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, I know Steel Sky is run, you know, a GP of, of, is a woman. What about Thrive and Listen? Do they have female
0: GPs? They, the people I worked with there both have been female, although I'm not sure if their principals are GPs. It's a good question.
1: But at least they have a, I, just because I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. In what industry do all of the major investors have females and all the GP positions? I'm like, I think this, you know, like, that might be a trend. That's another, like, data that we should look into because it's very yeah. interesting. Because women are stepping up. We're saying this is crap. Funding yeah. needs to go to this way. And if you're uncomfortable, get out of our way. Funding. Exactly. out of our
0: way, you know? I know there's a statistic that in the U.S., only 5% of VC decision makers are female, which yeah. is so reflective of, you know, the statistic that only 2% of funding goes to female founders. It's like obvious that there's a correlation whether it's subliminal whether it's like subconscious or or not uh the reason why the funding is not going here is because of the people in the investor decision making positions. uh same thing with lps right like it all starts with, in my mind it's like a funnel the lps are the most conservative and the slowest change vcs are next startups are, are quicker and then the market And the market's changed. Like the market's ready for this. The startups are getting there. The VCs are slower. The LPs are not there. And so we're just trying to make it all. Do you think that there's a
1: correlation with how old you are? Because I also have never, I haven't met any VCs that are 29 like myself yet. So I'm like wondering, maybe there's also this age difference where the market is like Gen Zs who are like, what's gender really? Like
0: whatever you want. There's 64 genders according to Gen Z. (laughs) according to hinge um like yeah definitely I mean I think the older generation is more conservative like even my parents speaking to them about what I do they get I think they get a little bit embarrassed (laughs) I know they're very supportive and they love me but um they they are definitely more conservative than I am and um I think it's the people who are holding the majority of the money right now are the older age group and they are definitely the most conservative yeah
1: I you know I'm excited about fundraising on this idea of and you probably did too right this idea of uh, Geneva and menopause it's almost like catering to the older demographic yeah
0: we're not just yeah.
1: young it's not just for us people in college we're funding you your solutions
0: exactly right? totally yeah um, and I think most women understand like the need for the for this kind of innovation it's really trying to convince um older men which and is, a lot of them are yeah right? a lot of them are accepting um and i don't want to say that most of them are a lot of them are but yeah. some of them yeah slower, but slower even things. if
1: they are accepting they may not be willing to take the right. jump right like that's not something they're going to talk on the golf course with their buddy <laughs> right yeah right. um but
0: but a lot of rlps are older men so we're really lucky yeah. that they did take the jump
1: we authentic Focus love men. We love all genders, all sexual. We love everybody. This is not a man-hating podcast. I finally went on a date with a guy and he was like, so I got to admit, I listened to uh, two of your episodes because I was pretty sure you hated men, but I learned <laughs> that you don't hate men. And I also learned that women watch porn. I didn't know that. And I was like, oh, no, funny? God. oh God. <laughs> what episode did you listen to? <laughs> risk of putting that on my dating profile you know it's
0: really funny i have friends that are really in the tech space and talking to them about some of the companies we're looking at that do have a pleasure element and they're like we just don't think there's a market i'm like that's because you don't think women watch porn that's (laughs) right yep Yep. funny. (laughs) they're
1: like what yeah Yeah. Yeah. um you said like earlier i just want to circle back real quick too because it found it interesting you said you don't invest in pure pleasure you invest in health so can you tease that apart for me because um someone the other day was asking about like you know what do we need oxygen and food and like and I threw in like orgasms I was like to be healthy so how is pleasure not just health how is there what else is missing what's the link
0: yeah um good question. And it's something that like my team and I have talked about trying to flesh out our thesis. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we can argue that there's a health, if there's a health element to it, mm-hmm. you know, there's some pleasure that is actually, um, harmful, like, um, some porn sites that don't have the proper, uh, restrictions in place. And so, um, audio erotica, for instance, we, we think of that as a very healthy pleasure, a really healthy way to have pleasure. Um, and if there's, for instance, meditation audio alongside that, that we can really get behind. I mean, my, our doctor on our team is a andrologist, urologist, uh, sexual medicine expert. And she's like, we literally diagnose meditation and erotica together, uh, as a medical diagnosis. And that is health. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So it just depends on, um, each free, we really need to discuss it internally and make sure we can get on board with it with our thesis for each startup. It's a unique for each situation.
1: Yeah, got it. No, I totally appreciate that. I just think it was really interesting So I wanted to like tap in on that a little bit more. So really, really cool. Well, um, this has been so much fun. I am so excited for you. I cannot wait to co-invest with you. Yes. We are just manifestors, just two <laughs> ladies chatting on the phone a year ago, being like, we're trying to build
0: something, you know, <laughs> definitely,
1: <laughs> you know,
0: definitely. Yes.
1: Yeah. See- I'm hundred episodes deep. Like we're going.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm so proud of what you've created and so excited that we're on this journey together.
1: So cool. So cool. I have two last questions for you that our listeners really love. The first one is if someone wanted to start a femtech company, what's an area in women's health and wellness that still needs innovating?
0: That's a good question. Um, I think, you know, right now there's a huge focus on mental health. Um, I think that women go through, um, mental health issues that are just very different from male mental health. So that would be an interesting one, especially, you know, there's a huge focus on it right now during the pandemic when people's morale is low. Um, I know this isn't in femtech, but we're looking at male contraception Uh, that hasn't been um, blown through, you know, that hasn't have a, doesn't have a winner yet. So looking to see what the winner, who the winner will be.
1: I love that, yeah, and I love the mental health one. I'm actually even—I mean, I've been a mental health advocate for many years. I, you know, i have been very open about. I was in grad school. I had to go inpatient for PTSD treatment. I've been open about my mental wellness for many years because so many of us struggle. And I never heard about it, so I thought I must be the only one. I better keep this under wraps, you know. And then once I shared it, everyone's like, "Oh, me too!" And I'm like, "Oh, Jesus!" Right, All right. Well, I'm very concerned about um, some statistics that recently came out in PR that uh, alcohol uh, liver disease in women is like out of control because women are self-medicating with alcohol at home based on all of the caretaking they're doing right now and the money issues and the pandemic and the isolation and all the things. And so I'm just like, Where, like, what out there, you know, I know Alcoholics Anonymous is an amazing program and stuff, but like, even they're not meeting in person, it's all virtual meetings. You know, it's like, is there an app potentially for women that love to drink wine? You know, like,
0: let's moderate that. Mm. That's it, that would be a really successful one, I bet. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Mm.
1: my goodness. Well. So many ideas. Uh, our last question is, what do you think the Femtech industry as a whole needs the most right now in order to be successful?
0: Capital. <laughs> I think there are like, the, the the founders are there, right? Like, they're doing it. There's so many founders. I know that there was a report recently that there's 200 founders in Femtech, and you know that's not true. Not there's, true. <laughs> there are so many. I mean, I think the day my press release came out, I think 200 founders reached out to me. <laughs> I think there's got to be, like, You know thousands and uh, I think that they're doing it right, it just there just needs to be more people supporting them with capital. Um, So yeah
1: we uh, at a summit on March 22nd I reported 565 active femtech startups in the world. Um, since then, I think we've added like 20 more. It's literally like 10 a week. We add that we just come across. (laughs) Oops. 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 Wasn't on it. Wasn't on it. Wasn't on it. So yeah, definitely well over a thousand like easily. So, yeah, uh, so cool. Well, what do you, um, do you have any last words for the founders listening? And then also how can they contact you, send, send you their deal?
0: Yeah. Um, last words, I guess I should just talk a little bit about our thesis so that people know if they would fit in with yeah. our thesis, which is uh, we look at seed and series A startups. So we can't go before seed. Mm-hmm. Um, and we look okay. in America. Can you, so,
1: you know, tell us a seed and series A sometimes in different places, it can uh, be different, different sizes. So can you give us an idea of the range of the size of the raise?
0: Yeah. So we would look at... Um, as long as the valuation we can, um, support above like a $6 million valuation, um, makes sense for us to call it around a seed. Um, and then series A is, uh, we don't have like a cutoff for the top size, try to get the biggest valuation you can. <laughs> and then, um, and then as far as location, we look in America and Europe, so we can't look in Asia, uh, other continents. And then, um, yeah, I think sexual health and, and for all genders and women's health. And so that's our thesis. And to contact me, I'm always on my LinkedIn. So feel free to send a request there and I can uh, get you in the pipeline.
1: Perfect. And um, I love how you said Europe. Why do y'all feel comfortable investing in Europe as well? Because I know most VCs are just like US only, and then they like stop. Yeah. But why am I just sh- learning about your European interest?
0: I should have mentioned that my two co-GPs sit in Europe. So, yeah. <laughs> Dom, I didn't. I thought they were in New York City. That's a, like vibe. <laughs> that's not the case. Um, Dom's Dom sits in London, and that's where Healthy Pleasure Group is headquartered. And then Mafe, Doctor Godoy sits in Barcelona. Oh so, um, that's amazing. Yeah.
1: They have. well let them know. They have a very New York City vibe. I, I, that's <laughs> what I always pick up on their pictures and their posts and stuff. So that's really cool.
0: <laughs> that's so funny.
1: Awesome. Well, this has been so much fun. You are incredible. What an inspiration go us just (laughs) ladies. Like if you're listening and you're like, I have an idea in a year, you could be like the queen of it. Okay. So you never know. Just like, just go for it. Just go for it. Just keep asking. And you know, like, why not? Just why not? Of course, yeah. Why not?
0: I love podcasts that you do. I love the community you're forming. I love everything about FemTech Focus, and I can't wait to see Coyote uh, Coyote Ventures right come up and um, yes. just yeah, really, really impressed. So, awesome. so thanks so much for having me.
1: Thank you for listening to my interview with Carly Sapir. Founding partner of Amboy Street Ventures. It's always a pleasure to speak with other young female general partners investing in FemTech. If you're an investor in FemTech, or maybe you're a founder fundraising, reach out. FemTech Focus wants to know about what you're working on or what you're interested in investing in. Reach out to us at FemTech Focus at any of the social platforms. You can reach out to me personally at DR Brittany Barreto, any of the platforms on <laughs> the Twitter, LinkedIn. Instagram, Facebook, I'm on all of them. So hit me up. I want to know what you're working on, what you're putting your money into. One, When you have a second, please go to femtechfocus.org and do me a favor and set up a recurring donation, even just $5 a month. That would really, really help us. We are a 501c3 nonprofit and rely on your donations to operate. While you're on our website, you can also benefit from all of the perks we offer, like joining our virtual community, which has over a thousand FemTech founders in it already. You can search our resources on our resource tab and learn more about the FemTech industry. And you can sign up for our events. Uh, All month in June, we are actually inviting investors on Monday nights to our listening parties and having startups pitch to them and learn more about investing in FemTech. So a lot is going on. Subscribe to our newsletter, join our community, and sign up to be a donor. That would mean a lot. Okay, Fem fans, until next time, keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness.